Welcome back to the podcast, folks. In a sec, we'll crack on with a chat with Jody Melhouse from Thornton 100 Motorcycles. I really enjoyed this chat. Can't wait for you to hear it. But first, a quick shout out to our sponsors. This week, they are Transfer Limited Digital Solutions. Transfer Digital Consultancy are a web design and development consultancy with a passion for creating bespoke digital solutions for everyday challenges. From building websites to building branded solutions, Transfer Digital Consultancy can help your online presence and help ease cash flow with payment options available too. Contact ask at transfer.solutions for more information or visit transfor.solutions that's t-r-a-n-s number four transfor dot solutions they actually handle the hosting of both the teapot one and the chicken strips websites i designed the sites myself a couple of years ago and we've just migrated the domain names and hosting straight across to them so if you're in the market for anything like that give transfor a quick shout Next up, we are also sponsored by Ultimate Add-ons. Ultimate Add-ons are the premium manufacturer of mobile phone and action camera mounting solutions for motorcycles, with a kit for any bike and a proven track record of creating products that keep your devices safe, secure and easily accessible. The Ultimate Add-ons product range is ideal for any rider from the commuter to the -the round-the-world adventurer. You know the score with this one, folks. Basically, Ultimate Add-ons, they do phone cases for just about any make of phone out there. They have a huge selection of mounts that will cater for any bike at all, ranging from the stem mounts that you put into the, you know, the little hole, the yoke stem in the middle of your handlebars or clip-ons, right through to the one I use, which is actually from the pedal cycle range. It's the Helix strap, and that just goes around the handlebar or just about any part on your bike that you can find it will strap around there and you can just uh, attach the case to it and off you go the cases keep your phones dry you can still use the phone you can still use the camera whilst it's in the case i've been using them for five or six years now they're a godsend for me because obviously with cali moto i use my phone as a sat nav too and they also have a waterproof port at the bottom which allows you to power your phone from uh, either an onboard power source on your bike or from a battery pack head to ultimateaddons.com and use the code teapot110 for 10% off that's t-e-a-p-o-t-o-n-e with the number 10 teapot110 for 10% off and finally we are also sponsored by Inov. now Inov also sponsored the main channel and I've done a number of vids on their, uh, they're basically motorcycle dash cam systems. They do single camera and dual camera systems. The single camera is the C5, and they also do a helmet version of that. And the K series, so it's the K2 and the K3, they are both 1080 resolution front and rear cameras. The K3 has a remote. It's got an external mic. Their flagship system is the K5 at present, and that has a 4K camera at the front, 1080 at the rear. It's got much faster Wi-Fi. It's got an external mic and the remote. The K5 is the one for me. Chunky camera at the front, but if you can live with that, mount that on your bike then it is definitely the system to have the k series of cameras they protect your bike 24 7 they've got movement and motion detectors built in so even when you're not with the bike and the engine's not on they are still active and any movement or vibration of the bike will trigger the camera to start recording i've 
unfortunately been involved in a couple of instances when I was commuting in and out of London when I didn't have the dash cams fitted and I really wish I had because the first thing you get asked in the event of any sort of accident is their CCTV. With one of these fitted, you are totally covered. So head to inov, I-N-N-O-V-V dot co dot UK forward slash T-P-1 for more info. Okay, folks, let's crack on with this one. Now, Jodie Milhouse is the brains behind Thornton 100 motorcycles. They create absolutely stunning, bespoke, custom Triumph motorcycles. This one's a good one. Hope you enjoy. Are you all right? Crack straight on then. Yeah, let's do it. Beautiful, lovely job. Right, folks, welcome to this week's podcast. And this week, we've got Jody Melhouse from Thornton 100 Motorcycles. Hello, how's it going? I'm okay, thank you. I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm absolutely drained after a very, very, very tough week. Um, it's um, it's been absolutely nonstop. It's that it, it's such an interesting thing at Thornton 100. Nobody thinks about motorcycles in the winter. As yeah. soon as the sun comes out, everyone is on the phone to me. Jody, I want my bike. I won it yesterday, and yep. it's like it's always a mad, mad, mad rush. And uh, yeah, it's um, it's an interesting one right now because we are growing at a rate of knots. We are growing so wildly fast, and we're just we we we're keeping up. We're keeping up, you know. But it's hard work for sure. Well, I mean, we'll we'll get into that because I I couldn't believe like how long your brand your company has has been going and where yeah. you are to where you're you know you're you're actually working well not even working you've attained it where you're going next because yes. it's exciting developments for the future isn't it so yeah. before we get into that how about jody uh what i normally do with with guests is i just throw the floor open to you to begin with and just go okay. what's your name where'd you yep. come from what you do so okay um, jody melhouse both okay you. yeah jody melhouse uh i own a company called thornton hundred and we build uh custom Triumph Motorcycles. Um, we work very closely with the factory. I'm actually ambassador for Triumph Motorcycles myself. Um, and uh, yeah, I started the company four years ago. Uh, now, like I said, and we'll go into a bit more detail on that in a bit. Um, but yeah, we're based in Milton Keynes. Um, and I have four employees, one of which is knocking around behind me, uh, Stevie. Uh, Stevie's my, Stevie is my um, media man. He takes all the photos, does all the videos. And that's all he does. He does content, Instagram reels, reels, photos, all of that good stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, we're uh, we're growing at an absolute rate of knots. Um, and uh, it's been an incredible journey so far. Uh, I'm sure we'll go into a little bit more detail uh, with, but yeah, it's uh, that's me, and that's what I do. So uh, essentially, I mean, you, you started by customizing existing bikes and now you've got to a point where you take a bike straight from the factory mm-hmm. and you bling it up to like the incredible levels the the customization that you you do there at Thornton 100 folks yeah. if, if you're not following either the YouTube or uh, their Instagram in particular get yourselves along I'll put links down below make sure you follow yes. it because it's check us I've out. been watching I've been watching some of your vids today on the the YouTube channel yeah and uh, I mean I'm not. I'm not just. I'm not just sucking up to you because you're you're a guest on a podcast. But your your whole brand, your whole corporate image, is class. Everything about it is just, it's gorgeous. You. you know, it's I, an I interesting wish. one. 
I wish I had the creative that. ability that that you and you know obviously Stevie and and all the members of your team have because you the, all certainly seem to be singing from the same song sheet there. It's, so it's, yeah, it's an interesting one. So the brand. Um, so I, I'm I'm only just 25. Um, I know Stevie, you make me Stevie sick. Is an, <laughs> Stevie is the next youngest at 24. Uh, Connor is 23, and uh, uh, Alex is 22. So we're all very young, um, and it's it's the it's interesting you say about the branding and stuff like that so like for example my logo i i came up with the name myself i came up with the brand and the logo everything myself I, and i don't know anything about branding or logos or anything like that i just thought it uh, looks Seriously? cool you know and i just went i have no qualifications in branding i have no anything wow. and, uh, as of a month and a bit, about six weeks ago i took on uh connor who we have full-time who does our marketing um and so up until now realistically it's all just me and what kind of comes out of my head and it's been me kind of winging it i suppose yeah um (laughs) i i and and even with with everything you know i i don't know how to run a business you know uh or i didn't um you know i didn't know how to build a motorcycle i didn't know how to weld i didn't know how to paint um but if you want something bad enough you'll work hard enough to go and get it you know if you've got it if you've got if you've got a vision uh, like like I have, you know, and and I will work until I am dead and bleeding on the floor, and to make sure that that actually is going to happen. And um, we're fortunate enough to be to have been growing for uh, for, for the last four years um, at such a pace. Um, it was slow at start, but now we're we're flying at a thousand mile an hour, and it's uh, we're very fortunate to have some very good customers, some very good clients, um, and be working with some cool brands, you know, to to keep that that pace and that momentum. Um, but like you say about the, about the branding, it's, it's, it's me winging it. <laughs> Mate, it's, well, gee whiz, you've, you've, you've struck gold cause it's, it's cracking. I tell you what, my, uh, my throat is gasping here. Shall we yeah. uh, crack open the beers? Cheers, dude. Slangs to your health. Nice one. I said oh, to um, I said to the boys, they were like teapot. They were like, you have to get a brew on the go. I was like, it's Friday night. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I've like I've worked seventy hour weeks the last two weeks. I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, no. The, the parade, I was like, go to the shop, get some beers. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. That's that's the thing. You know, I'm known as Teapot One, but I drink coffee. I don't I don't really drink tea. But you know, well, <laughs> yeah. I prefer a beer, obviously. But yeah. Um, so let's go back to the origins then. Thornton Hundred. Like, where did the name come from? How did you get so, into it? How's it all that's start? An in, that's an interesting one. So. um, when I started, I was building, I wanted to build cafe races. You know, mm. I, um, I'll, I'll go back to the start of, um, well, I'll, I'll talk about Thornton 100 um, about the name and that initially and not, not about how I started. So I was building cafe races and um, I wanted to come up with a name for my business. Um, and I had a very short period. It took me three days to come up with this name and lots and lots of uh, notes and, and uh, scribbles and other things. So basically, um, my first workshop was a shipping container. Um, yeah, yeah. I I come from a family with zero money. I'm, I, I get a lot of comments from people going, oh, this guy's got a trust fund kind of thing. <laughs> I come from zero. Um, I started Thornton 100 with a £2,500 limit credit card and minus £12,000 in loans and debts um, yeah. that I had to pay off. And I'll go into a bit of detail on that uh, in, a, in a bit. Uh, but Thornton 100, I was building cafe races. Um, so um, it was uh, the, the, the shipping container was plonked out the front of a farm in a very small village called Thornton. And that is just outside of Milton Keynes. Um, and it's about five miles from here. We're not there anymore, um, gotcha. unfortunately, but I still like the name. Um, so that's kind of where Thornton came from. But because I was building cafe races, I wanted to kind of give a bit of a nod to 
cafe races and doing the ton and ton up boys kind of thing. So um, that's where the kind of the hundred came from, hundred mile an hour, doing the ton, ton up boys, cafe races type thing. But also it kind of ties back into Thornton because Thornton's a medieval village. Um, and uh, back in medieval times, um, villages weren't called villages, they were called um, hundreds. Um, so it's kind of, and, and Thornton was one of 1700s in Buckinghamshire. Um, right. So uh, that's kind of like, kind of like Thornton 100, uh, Thornton 100 mile an hour kind of thing, doing the time, but Thornton village type of thing as well. So uh, it kind of ties in, you know, I could have been JM Customs or whatever, you know, but it was the. Uh, <laughs> I wanted something a bit different, and it sounds cool, you know. So yeah, it, that, that's it, what it means. That's the name. And that's it fits it. your brand as well, though, isn't it? Because you know, you've obviously got a very strong relationship with Triumph. Triumph's British. You're a British company. There's the British history there associated yeah. with the hundred name. It, yeah, you know, it's it's different, and it it fits you guys, doesn't it? Absolutely, it's different. Yeah, and um, I, I I like it. You know, it is different, and people kind of look at it and go, hmm, thought hundred. It, it's got that kind of prestige air about it you know that kind of a little bit more something a little bit different you know something that's got a little bit of thought behind it you know and and that's what we're all about really nice so how did you get into building bikes then how did how did that Um, all come about so um when i was 16 i started a uh, mechanical engineering apprenticeship um i didn't go and do my a levels i wanted to start earning money straight away um and i wanted to basically be hands-on um, mm-hmm. and get a bit of experience really. So I decided to go down the apprenticeship um, route. So I did my apprenticeship in mechanical engineering, um, which was a bit of electrical theory, it was a bit of mechanical theory, you know, and it was all to do with like um, stresses and strains and beam bending and metallurgy and studies of metals and grain growth, yeah. crystalline structures and metals. And it's all basically advanced mathematics that I could never really get on and I kind of winged it as well. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's kind of where my knowledge of, designing something strong comes in um, and, and my understanding of uh, load paths and how to load something mm-hmm. and put it into a um, into a, uh, um, a, a software that's going to be able to tell us if it's going to be strong enough or not, basically. Gotcha. Um, so that kind of, that's kind of what I pulled um, from that. But basically, um, when I left my apprenticeship, I was promised the world. I got to the end of my four, fourth year and uh, I was basically um, crap on <laughs> um, by my managers um, and the director and I remember being um, sort of 19-ish at the time 19 and a half and coming up to 20 and just kind of sitting there all like reading this contract with like tears in my eyes going like wow you guys have really done me day because what they'd done is they tied me into a contract and I couldn't leave for two years unless right. I pay back all of my tuition fees oh. um so yeah, um, so that's kind of uh, an interesting one. So um, yeah, basically uh, at the time I was doing all right, I was working every single day. I had like three jobs. I was working really hard and I had a bit of a nice car going on. Um, and um, basically um, I built a couple of bikes in the evening. I know I, I basically built a, a Jawa TS350, like a two-stroke right. uh, thing. And I, I sold it to a bloke and I put it on the bike share classifieds and I sold it to a bloke in, uh, in Belgium. And I was like... I'm going to go and build bikes. I was like, yeah, I love yeah, motorbikes. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to go build bikes. So I was literally just like two fingers up to these guys. See you later. I'm leaving. Um, told them I would work my notice. And I actually, uh, I actually left the next day. I kind of had in my notice in and I was like, do you know what? These guys are going to find me. Um, all of my tuition fees was about 7,000 quid at the time. Um, so I was like, right, I'm, I'm, I'm going. See you later. And basically the, the thing that kind of kicked me over the edge was basically, um, my mum, uh, my mum, kind of sit me down and going, you know what, Jody, you're not going to be on the street. Mm. You're only young. If it's gonna, if it's gonna work, 
do it now because you haven't got any kids, you're not married, you haven't got any other, you know, I, I will feed you and you will have a, a, a roof over your head. And I'm like, that's all I need. Okay, great. Let's go and see if we can make this work. So that's why when I left, you know, I did everything so fast. I, I set up a workshop um, and uh, with the shipping container and just begged, borrowed and steal all the tools I can. I had to get loans out to pay back the tuition fees. Yeah. Um, I had to get loans out to just pay to build the first bike. I couldn't afford to build them. Um, I couldn't afford to buy that. I couldn't afford the 500 quid to go and buy a, a, a KZ250 or something like that, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, so I was, I was like, right, I'm gone. And I remember just being in that workshop till three, four o'clock in the morning, going home, few hours sleep, coming back in the morning going, I've got to finish this bike and I've got to, I've got to move it along and sell it and then move it along and then sell it. Um, so yeah, that's really how I kind of got started at absolute zero. Um, so yeah, no trust funds, no mummy and daddy kind of, <laughs> uh, uh, apart from, you know, uh, bless and putting a roof over my head. Yeah, um, yeah. Apart from that, you know, that's, um, that's really how I got started. So it's, uh, unfortunately what seemed like the end of the world at the time, um, was really a blessing in disguise. And obviously it's, it's, it's working out quite well at the moment. I don't know. We might see, I might crash and burn. You know, I say, I don't know anything about business, uh, but, um, you know, I'm winging it I, yeah, a bit now, but, you know, winging it and we're kind of uh, making it up as we go along, really. Absolutely. But I mean, fortune favours the brave, mate. And you, you, you always find this. I've had so many different people on the podcast who've, who've achieved incredible things in their lives, whether that's, you know, predominantly my sort of area is motorcycle adventure travel, but I've had people that have rode the Atlantic on here. I've had all sorts, you know, and, and, and everybody always seems, everyone has made that leap of faith. Everyone yeah. has gone for yeah. it in whatever form it is. And and you're right, it might not work out, but it, it may well, you know. And, I tell you what, though, we would have had a, we had a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> absolutely. You know? And and I always think, the way I always think of things is that, you know, you, your plan might be to, to, to aim for A, but along the way, you know, you, maybe A doesn't work out or you decide, yeah. I don't actually want to go to A, I want to go to D. Yeah. So yeah, let's go here it. now and see what, and, see and what the journey is like. There's been a few kind of shifts like that, whereas, you know, initially when I started, I was like, right, um, I'm just going to do bikes and build them and, and kind mm. of move and just and just carry on with used bikes. And then I was like, one day, I was like, do you know what? There's not, there's not, this isn't viable. I'm working um, like a dog. Um, oh, mate, your, oh, your video is just off your back. No, someone, someone's trying to ring me. Um, <laughs> right. My phone is always ringing. A customer's ringing me at seven o'clock on a Friday night. I think it never stops. Um, so, um, yeah, it worked, like, I was working like a dog, and I was like, you know what? Like, There's got to be a point here where I've got to make this. Like, I've got to actually start to make some money. I'm, I'm young. Yeah. I want to buy a house. You know, I, I, yeah. I want a nice car back. You know, um, I want those. That, like, that, that, I want to be able to move it along because all of my friends, you know, they're all, they're all kind of finishing their A levels, they're, they're in uni and kind of they're starting to take off and, and really I kind of lagged a bit like in terms of like where they're at with their lives and where I kind of started from zero again you know um and uh yeah like I was like right well you know I'm gonna, I want to do a new tribe and I remember building up building up building up my money my that pot, every single bit of money I made went back into the pot it got reinvested mm-hmm. in more bikes and I, I made enough money to buy my first brand new triumph I remember sitting in the dealership um in a pure drive, whenever and they come over, they made me a coffee and that. And I said to them, <laughs> I, I remember sitting sit, sitting there and saying to Trevor, I remember just saying like, I'm going to be back. Like I'm going to buy a lot of bikes from you. And I remember him kind of sitting there and going, Oh, bless. Oh. <laughs> okay. Bless him. You know, he's only like yeah, 23, yeah. 23. Come on. Um, I had 30 bikes off him last year. Jeez, um, did you? So yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're um, yeah, we kind of yeah, we we like I say we're flying really, and and uh, but like I say, we're having a lot of fun. We the guys are great. You know, we're all really um, just sort. We're all just on the same page really. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we we get on so well. And we have a blast doing it. And you know, none of us ever really have any real experience. It's just Alex and Connor's first job. You know, they've never, which is I always say to them because. Wow. Me, and Steve, me and Stevie have swept the floor before, you know, made the tea and yeah. all that kind of, you know. Um, but those two haven't, but, um, you know, Straight we still have a laugh, you know. But <laughs> they get a bit of stick <laughs> for it. But, no, we have a, we have a, we have a really good time, you know. And we're building some incredible machines for some incredible people too. Um, and we're fostering relationships that are creating huge opportunities and opening doors for us that I would have mm. never have even seen. Um, like, just this, I can't tell you too much about it, but just this morning we have... Uh, we received an email from a very large company, um, very well-known um, kind of cafe and hotel chain, um, and uh, hopefully we'll be doing something with them. Um, but that is going to be a um, our very first large corporate deal. Um, and that kind of will take us down the route of American chopper-style yeah. kind of building big bikes for companies and charging yeah. them lots of money to do it kind of thing, you yeah. know, um, you. which is nice. And I, I think that would be fun. That would be an interesting experience. But I think for me, what I would be missing from that build is the rapport that I would build with a customer. So, yeah. for example, yeah. I'm looking at the workshop now. Um, there's a there's a Thruxton RS. I'll show you guys around a bit. There's Thruxton RS here. That's Joe Wicks's bike. That's his fourth bike for me. Fourth me and Joe are like, yeah. yeah, me and Joe are like best friends now. Um, the next one along um, is another another customer called Paul, um, and that is his third bike from us. Um, and then I have the one along, which is the first bike, and then another one along, which is my bike, um, which is uh, the world's fastest bobber. Um, yeah, this is taking a while, yeah, isn't it? You've had it's some yet issues. To be proved. Do you know what my problem is? I will do something to it, and I'll go. Do you know what? I can do that better? Yeah. Or, oh, do you know what? If we you, and, and it's like, for example, you ever built a project and gone, oh, that will do for now. You know, mm. there's nothing on that bike that I've gone, oh, that will do for now. It's like, no, take it completely apart, do it properly. Let's yeah. show the world exactly what we can do. Um, yeah. and it's I, your baby, I, isn't it? It's, it's your my baby. baby. Uh, my hands are still dirty. I've only just <laughs> finished putting our very first upside down front uh, fork kit on it and a full Olin suspension. So it's all fully custom made. We work with the wow. Olin's factory and custom made like the whole front end. So um, yeah, it looks awesome. And, and yeah, I've got, I've got to go and test it. But yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun that. So um, it's a good project, you know, and it is testing. A testing of my patience, testing of my... <laughs> Testing of my wallet um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, testing of our skill because we are trying to do something that nobody's ever really done before. You know, there has been one bobber that did the Bonneville Salt Flats and it was naturally aspirated with tiny little skinny little tyres. Um, mm-hmm. It did 147 mile an hour average um, across uh, both ways on the Salt Flats. And um, it was um, like my bike will do 147 mile an hour on the way to the pub. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, um, it, it's so fantastic. When, fantastic. When are you thinking then? When are you thinking uh, you'll be on the so salt? So I actually, um, so what 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 it is with this bike? So we've got it all done and dusted. Um, and what I've done is I've basically we we had a custom loom made for it. Um, I've hacked it about, chopped it, and changed it because it needs to be changing so much and so much. So it's going back again on Sunday for its final fit, custom loom, 
really nice. Everything's the right length. Nothing's been cut open and adjusted and then put back together. So everything's just going to be smart. And then at Beautiful. the end of next month, I've actually got an event, a drag racing event. Uh, one of my friends, um, DMO, is running an event called DMAX 250. It's kind of like a private drag racing event at Silverstone. But I've, mm-hmm. I've got to... Um, They've kind of paired a load of people on these races. They've paired me with a guy um, on a BSB spec R1. Um, so that will be an interesting race. Um, yeah. So um, I'm still working on my launch control, my anti wheelie, yeah. uh, my suspension geometry, and all that kind of fun stuff. Because I'm not a drag racer. I've never been on a drag racer before. Uh, and I've got to turn up, dominate, and then uh, I might. Oh, you're you're riding it. Yeah, I'm going to ride it there. That's the plan. Wow. Ride it there, turn up, dominate, and ride it home. Beautiful, um, love it, <laughs> love it. You gotta do it. You gotta do it properly. You're gonna be a absolutely frizzy, right? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, right. I don't know uh, if you know how the format works on here. I post up on uh, my Patreon and social media, say who the next guest is, and then yeah. people have a day or two to leave their questions, and then we just go through the questions and and okay. see where it takes us. Fantastic. No, I appreciate. I appreciate you're a, a busy man. You're tight for no, time no, here. I got, so we'll... I, got, I got time. I've been running around all day, and I'm like, right, <laughs> I'm going to sit here, and this will be my very last engagement for the day. Right. I I tend not to pre-read these questions. Um, yeah. Sometimes they can be like specifically about the guest, and other times yeah. they are totally random. So we yeah. just okay. see how it let's, goes. Let's hear it. Let's go. Right. Oh. Right. First, uh, as always, folks, we'll head to Patreon first. So it's patreon.com forward slash teapot one. First one, Paul Foster. Hi to you both. Looking forward to this episode. Question for Jody: Will you be getting a coffee machine at the new workshop so we can stop by on rideouts? And secondly, when will you be getting larger size t-shirts because I'm six foot five, 20 odd stone rugby player. And the only thing that fits me from your store are the hats. Take care. Paul. <laughs> I love that. That's a very well, very good question. Okay. So, um, two, two things, um, on the coffee machine. Yes, we are having a coffee machine. We are working with express coffee. who work with all the BSB boys. Um, gotcha, they're, yeah, actually yeah. On, they're, they're actually our new neighbours um, oh. at our new workshop. So we're building a new workshop. It's going to be completely built from scratch um, and to our spec. And that'll be finished October, they reckon, but um, probably aiming at <laughs> uh, January. Um, but um, perfection takes time. So, yes, we're going to have Absolutely. a coffee machine. Um, are you going to be able to turn up and come and have a coffee with me? I'm going to say no at this point, because if I told you that, I would do nothing but sit there and drink coffee with customers. Um, And it's it's a genuine struggle. And um, we do get people kind of turning up and, and I appreciate it. And I, and I'm, and I'm polite and accommodating and this and the other, but when that person is there, all of my focus is on that person. Um, Mm. And I'm so, 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 for example, you know, like I've I've worked 140 hours approximately in the last two weeks, you know, um, (laughs) I am absolutely flat. I'm going grey, you know, and I'm not even, I'm like barely 25. Um, there is only so many hours in a day and I'm trying to grow this company to the very best of its, of, of, its, of my ability. Yeah, um, so yes, we will have a coffee machine. Yes, you could probably come and drink from it when we have our open days. Um, but what we're also aiming at is there is a certain venue that very closely to us. So it's a motorcycle dealership that we are aiming to take over um in 2023 and that will be the Thornton 100 bar and grill slash sort of ride out venue area like bike shed type tapping the machine type thing but in the middle kind of thing um so um yes you'll be able to come on our um on our um open day and, and drink the coffee and yes we'll have the coffee machines in our new um area 
um, which will be our new venue, which is a couple of years away yet. There's a lot of money, hundreds of thousands to be invested there, but it's going to be absolutely spot on. Um, and we've got to make some money first to pay for it. So Absolutely, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, definitely. So, um, yes, larger, larger size uh, T-shirts and clothing. So um, I'm wearing one of the original 400 tees. As you can see, it is way too small for me because I've washed it a hundred times, um, and it's all and not and not even I have the nice clothing yet. So, um, what I, what kind of bugs me uh, about clothing is um, when people do it, they they kind of use blanks um, and kind of just buy a blank, print their thing on it, and sell it for yeah. like a seven hundred percent markup, whatever, something like that. And I'm like, all right, okay, mark it up what you will, but. If you're going to charge that, just make sure it's the right kind of kit. Now, I could not for the life of me find a T-shirt that, A, fits me. I'm a bit of an upside-down triangle. I've got a 46-inch chest and a 32-inch waist, and I'm a bit kind of like that. Um, <laughs> and uh, nothing ever fits me very well. Um, so what we've kind of done is we we we, we took our uh, – we worked with our clothing supplier. We took uh, our favorite T-shirts. My one actually happened to be a Triumph T-shirt. And we picked a special uh, material, which is a uh, cotton with elastine in it as well. And we actually had it, all of our new T-shirts are going to be cut and stitched together to exactly how we've asked them to be stitched with all of our tags. They've got a slight bit of giving them too, so they're nice and comfortable to wear. Um, mm. But they're also going to be up to sizes, triple XL. Um, nice. So, you know, we're going to be able to accommodate all of those guys. But I, the, the T-shirts are custom made and we have put, six months worth of effort into these t-shirts and our clothing to make sure that it is just as good as our bikes are because if we're going to stick a thorn hundred stamp on it it's got to be the absolute best it possibly could be and i will not let it go if it's not absolutely man yeah you've sort of you've set the standard haven't you you've you've oh. set the height of the bar and everything course, associated has to be that it has to be it has to be absolute top notch you know and you know, uh, they, they are, I don't think the clothing is not, is, is, is kind of pricey. I don't think we're as bad as some people um, with it doing a bit of market research, but you know, uh, for some, what some people are selling blanks for, we're selling a properly handmade t-shirt and hand stitched t-shirt that's done, that's done properly that we've put a lot of effort into. So, um, you know, I don't think they're going to be silly priced, um, but I think there's going to be one of those t-shirts. You ever have a t-shirt or a bit item of clothing that you have for like, 10 years and it just it's always there and it's just it's never got a hole in it you know it's, it's never fallen yeah. apart you know it's just there and that mm -hmm. I want our 100 t-shirt to be that t-shirt I've got I've got pants like that Jody I've got pants like that <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice one Paul next question Philippe Martin hi both just joined the clan that's my sort of community on, on Patreon and I'm really excited to be part of it and share the space with you guys here's my first question for Jody do you start your mod projects from an idea and then find the right bike for it? Or is it just an idea comes from a bike you're all, you already have in mind? Okay. So, um, usually the ideas are so all of our bikes are, um, usually, uh, commissioned. So someone comes mm -hmm. to me and goes, Jody, I want a bobber or a scrambler yeah. or a T120 or a Fruxton or this and the other. And we, only focus on triumphs. We don't want to upset triumph. We have a very good working relationship with them. Not, that we can't do other bikes. I've done other bikes. I've done the Ducatis. I've done yeah, Kawasaki's. I've done all sorts of bits and bobs um, and Hondas and I can do them. We have a very good working relationship with Triumph and I don't want to upset them. <laughs> gotcha. Um, gotcha. And they do, they work very well with us. So usually someone will come to us and say, look, Jody, I want a bobber. 
and they were going, I want it different. And our motto is we never build the same thing twice. And not once have we built the same thing twice. There is always something different, you know, all the paint's different, the colour, the shade's different, the exhaust is different, the wheel's different, the tyre's different, blah, blah, blah. So usually someone will come to us and ask for a commission. Um, every now and then I will go, right, we've got a bit of a gap between kind of builds. Let's get X bike in and build this. I will usually have an idea brewing in the back of my head um, and sometimes, um, like for example, the scrambler I have on the ramp over there that I'll show you in a bit. Um, I really, really, really wanted to build a supermoto. Um, mm. I want a supermoto, I want to base it on a triumph scrambler because they're great engines, they're great suspension, they're great chassis, and they really do work very well. So I was like, right, okay, I'm gonna do this. And then I just kind of hinted to one of my customers actually, and this is his third bike now. I was like, oh, I'm thinking about doing this, and he was like, <sighs> Tell me more. <laughs> Tell me more. Um, which is great. So, you know, if I can get a customer to pay for it and I can build out my wildest dreams, then it's great. Yeah. Um, if I can't, then I will just do it. But my problem is I don't know when to stop. And that's when we end up with something like my world's fastest bobber and we're in around a 60,000 quid hole and, you know, X amount of hours, you know, that I haven't even counted. And, you know, because I will oh, just my. keep going until it's the best thing that I could possibly make it. So, um, yeah, that's usually how it works. Gotcha. Um, Philippe's got a second question. He says, for both of us, do you consider yourself a good rider? I don't want to constrain the answer by defining good rider, but rather wanted to know how critical you are to yourself about the way you ride in all aspects you normally take into account. So I take it you ride on the well, you must ride on the road. You're riding the um, the bobber to the to the drag strip, aren't you? I do ride on the road, yeah. So we'll start with me. So what what defines a good rider? Because if you ask an IM or a Rosper rider if I'm a good rider, they might kind of go, yeah. Uh, you know, if you ask me if I can stand it up on the back wheel and wheelie it down the road for five miles, I absolutely can do that. And yes, I can back it in sideways into a corner and come out of it on the one wheel, kind of you know spinning it up at the same time and do feet up, but donuts. You know that's. The, is that a good rider? Um, the find a good rider. The good rider on the road, I think, um, comes with experience. Um, yeah. Obviously, yourself, you're a very, very, very experienced rider. Um, you have a lot more miles under your belt than I do. Um, I I have done um, a few sort of tours. Actually, my my first sort of tour was um, abroad. Was on a Honda XR600 that I built myself when I was 16. When I turned 17, I passed my test, um, mm. and this was a basket case. I passed my test and. We hopped on out, went my dad, and we rode. We did ten and a half thousand miles in, in uh, three and a half thousand miles in ten days. Um, we went Beautiful. all the way down to south of France, followed up around the Alps, and then kind of up through Belgium, Germany, and then uh, across. You know, um, so um, that was you know that's miles under your belt, and you learn a lot. You know, yeah. doing that kind of thing. You know, um, you know when you come to, come around the corner and you're on the wrong side of the road, and there's a car there, and you you are automatically programmed to go left. Where you should be going right, you know, and that you know it's one of those. So, um, in terms of rider skill, I used to ride competition tri uh, trials. So my right. clutch control, throttle control, and um, balance is is pretty much uh, as good as I I, I think that I would want to be. Um, so, in terms of a, in rider ability, you know, I've no issues. And my brother is um, second in the British Stunt Championship as well. Um, so uh, Evan Millhouse, yeah. So we are we are all very very talented riders off road. Um, you know whether we are taking the right line or I'm doing a lifesaver at the right time and indicating at the right point. Oh, yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. 
debatable. I think I'm I'm think I'm I'm very comfortable with riding on the road and I'm very comfortable riding anything on the road. Um so I think I'll tell you that's, that's a yes, Philippe. That's yeah. a yes. <laughs> so you know, obviously what would you define as a good rider? You know, I mean as a as a safe rider, I don't know. Sometimes I get back on a ride and go, Oh, that was a bit silly, you know. Yeah, but <laughs> Something I mean, like that, you know. Yeah, I think well, you get all different types of rider, don't you? If, if if we just look at road in particular, you get all different types of rider. You get you get riders that get the thrill out of going quick and enjoying mm-hmm. it, and you know I, I've I've been that in the past, yeah. and I thought I was perfectly safe, you know. And yeah. and I think I probably looking back, I, I was because I never had any issue. I never yeah. I never caused any other road users to you know be alarmed at my presence or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I, I said I never had one issue. I did. I did actually slide the bike off a mountain in Germany once, which was entirely <laughs> my own fault. Going too quick. Um, but I think as you as you age and as you see a bit more, I've been involved in a couple of accidents now, mostly all commuting in and out of London. You know, just mm-hmm. crazy mm-hmm. traffic. Yeah. Um, and I think I think as I've got a little bit older, I think I'm conscious my reactions aren't what they yeah. were. I'm yeah. not superhuman like I thought I was, all this sort of stuff. So I've definitely slowed down. Does that make me a better rider? No, I think for me, a good rider is all about observation and bike control. And if you've got, yeah. a, for, for you know, people like yourself, people that have got trials experience, off-road experience, yeah. already you're about a ladder above your normal yeah. road rider if, anyway. If, 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 for example, like you were saying about um, those two things, there, so observation bike control. If, for example, you could you have X amount of bike control where you don't even think about it and it goes to the back of your head and you can ride a bike in your sleep, um, yeah. then it allows you to focus more on the road. And, you yeah. know, like you say, uh, on your on your road positioning, um, on looking at what's ahead, you know. Whereas if you're not if you're not comfortable, you know, changing gear or rev matching or you know, kind of this, like you're trying to learn, you know, you're thinking it, about other it, things, aren't you? You're thinking about other things, you know. And, and I kind of hop on a bike and I don't even think about riding the bike. I'm yeah, thinking yeah. about who's trying to kill me, you know, yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. So yeah, it's one of those really. So there's two different ways of slicing that. Um, I think in terms of rider skill, we're both probably quite, you know, um, I would say we're both probably quite advanced in terms of rider skill. Um, I struggle then, um, to wheelie, mate. I can't back it in. And I I, I did a, a wheelie school a couple of weeks ago, next level wheelie school. Shout yeah. out to them. And um, it's just getting a confident... Um, I'm just getting the confidence to get the front up and not shit myself when the front comes up, you know, and it's yeah. like, keep yeah. that power on and keep it going. I'm not, it's I'm having, not yeah, past it's that level yet. It's having the trust in yourself and trust, like yeah, yeah. trusting yourself not to not to hurt yourself, you know. Um, but yeah, like you say, I mean, I, I, it's interesting really because all of my friends went through that kind of quick superbike phase, and I never really did it. I was on the supermoto, putting my knee down and learning to get yeah, my knee yeah. down on roundabouts, kind of thing, you know. And I never really <laughs> did that quick thing, and and I still don't. And it, I I don't really want to go and do 180 mile an hour everywhere. I'm quite comfortable just kind of bobbing along, and I'd rather be on one wheel, you know, <laughs> if I can be, you know, most of the time. And, I've only just managed to build a bobber that will do that, um, which is my bobber, you know, because I, I absolutely cannot get them to do it and my one will. So um, that's fun. And that's interesting, getting, trying to learn how to balance that thing. So that's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's weird. My my sort of, my ex, not expectations, what I find fun on a bike has changed. It used to be fun. You know, I was, I've yes. always had jigsaws, jigsaw thous, and I love the speed, you know, yeah. max the thing out whenever you possibly can, yeah. as fast as you can. And I love that. But now, I mean, now I, I ride a tractor now. I've got a GS out in the garage, you know what I mean? And I've, yeah. I've found that I, 
I don't really like the inline fours anymore. I like your triples and your your it V4s, grunts. your yes. yeah, your twins. Grunt. I, like I, usable grunt on the road. That's what I, I tell like you what, though, there's something nice about a heated seat and cruise control and no wind <laughs> buffeting, though, isn't it? I mean, I think I think I'm way old before my time. Um, mm. I should be hunched over a Jix a thousand, yet I'd rather be on a Tiger nine hundred, you know, just kind of with a cruise control and then kind of chilling, you know. And I actually rode a C ninety for a year. Um, when I was 17 as well um, and that was my everyday bike and I had, I had just as much fun on that as I would with anything else I used to take it into the most inappropriate locations it had knobbly tyres on I built a bash plate for it I did low much so I, had, I had a 3D printed cup holder on it for my coffee in the morning <laughs> on, the way to co- on the way to college so yeah it's fantastic so you know it's interesting whereas all my friends were trying to ride definitely i mean i've i've started riding the little bikes getting the wee bikes to to review like 125 cc's yeah. uh what else i had a three 380 cc bike and yeah. I, I was amazed at how much fun like i'm they 20 are. stone six foot three 20 stone and i had yeah. so much fun sat on yeah. a 125 cc wringing its neck everywhere you, know you, went. you wring its neck off and you yeah. pile it into a roundabout so fast yeah. and you expect and it will <laughs> And it will come out the other end, you know what I mean? No matter how fast you go into it. But, you know, whereas on a Jix 1000, you're coming up to around about 160 mile hour going, should I break? Like, you know, am I right here? Am I going to die? You know, kind of thing. So, yeah, you know, whereas you can ring that thing next, tuck it in, get around, you know what I mean? If you've got two of you racing and you're at the same sort of speed, and if, if someone gets a gear change wrong or messes up their line, that's it, you're in head, you're ahead. So, you can't mask your lack of inability to ride with power on a small bike. So you just got to know how to ride it. If you ever find that you have, not that I think you ever will, but if you ever find yourself with like a spare half hour or so, if you go onto, uh, onto my channel, Teapot One, there's a, a playlist there called The Big Little Adventure. And it's yeah. where me and two other um, YouTube bloggers, a guy called Mr. Fish, official Mr. Fish, and yeah. another guy, Richie Vida, the three of us, those two got on Honda C9, uh, Honda Cubs, and mm. I'm on an Ap- a Sinis Apache 125. And yeah. we went up around the Peak District, off-roading up in the Peak District, <laughs> and then me and Fish went to Wales. We had such a crack on it. It was a yeah, great the, There's Loved so it. much fun. Yeah, brilliant beautiful would you ever do well, i suppose triumph don't do them do they i was going to say would you ever do a small cc custom um, but then so triumph, triumph, don't do it. triumph don't do anything uh they don't offer anything to the public like that as of yet um you know it's whether whether they will put the effort into develop something like that with kind of petrol and internal combustion being phased out i'm not sure mm. um you know i think they will offer a smaller capacity electric bike potentially you know obviously yeah. they're working on the te1 uh which Looks i can't good, wait to get my hands on and i'm 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 begging the factory to get make let me make an electric bobber um mm. so um all i need is a battery and an engine and uh yeah we'll uh that will be away so that'll be a lot of fun i'm sure but whether they'll do that or not i don't know i might have to go and try and raid their parts bin late at night or something like that <laughs> <laughs> i i thought that when i've done quite a bit on a on electric now and i um, i had the harley live wire for a, for yeah. a review strange I remember, to write, but yeah <laughs> i loved it I, it, yeah. it, it it felt different you know like yeah. harleys always do feel different don't they but yeah. this was an electric bike that felt different to other electric bikes and yeah. i remember thinking to myself oh i wonder if I wonder if, like, the custom bike market that is associated with Harley, will that migrate? Will, will Harley become the custom electric bike brand? 
Harley is an interesting one. I think Harley is a Harley as a motorcycle should have died a yeah. tragic death years and years yeah. and years ago. I think what they offer, oh. <laughs> but it's a Harley though, isn't it? You know, it's a Harley. You know, they're in pop culture. You know, they're yeah. they're tied in with so much stuff. They're iconic. You know, it's just a Harley. You know, you you chat to a girl in a bath. You know, you're not about to tell her you ride a you ride you ride a Kawasaki. You know, are you? You're gonna go, you're gonna go yeah, I, yeah, I ride a Harley, and she'll know what it is. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it's it's one of them. You know, so yes, they've only got that. And I think if they're not careful, I think I think you know, I, I think I think they'll they'll sink. You know, um, so I think it's the, interesting the times for them, isn't it? Very interesting times at the moment. Yeah, I, I think their brand, their branding is 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 good, but you know, it'll only carry them so far. You know, because mm. as a gen, as, as a young generation, for example, my generation come in, you know, and they're not being taught about Harley or Harley aren't as relevant, mm. it will die off with an older generation, you know, um, so, which will be a shame because, you know, it's over 100 years of history, um, yeah. you know, and then it, it will kind of die out. You know, it'd be interesting to see them come back with something, but the way I look at them is, you know, is is, is not, not, um, not fondly. <laughs> Um, but I have oh, yeah. friends who do, you know, but, you know, it's just as a motorcycle, I think they're very heavy, underpowered and, and clunky kind of machines that aren't very well engineered, you know, but. Absolutely. Uh, I, I didn't get it. I didn't get Harley until I rode yeah. one and it was yeah. just like, you know, I've, I've said it in my vids, like I know they're not the best bikes out there. They're not the most powerful. They're not the best handling, but there's something different about them. There's just that, yeah. oh, you've. It's the whole brand, as you said, the whole brand, yeah, the whole it. corporate ID, the social yeah. side of it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, but the the uh, the live one was an interesting. One I hopped on it actually. I was at, I was at Joe Wick got them one for a, for a few for a few weeks, and I, I was like, oh, let's have, a, let's have a spin. I'm gonna go yeah. And I hopped on. <laughs> I remember riding it out of his front uh, garden, and I kind of just because I'm quite a confident rider. I'll usually just kind of jump on something and try and put it on one wheel as soon as yeah, possible. Yeah. You know, I'll come out and I'll be like, right, okay, let's go. And I kind of came out of his driveway and I kind of just got on the power expecting a... And it was... <laughs> bang. Bang! Sideways. I was like, oh, like a foot out. You know, I was like, oh, right, okay. I was like, this is interesting. You know, um, interesting one accelerating and hearing nothing but wind noise and a kind of a yeah. funny little word. Um, your 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 kind of perception of how fast you're going is a bit warped, I found anyway, because I was like, right, what's going on here? You know, there's no, no gears. It's just kind of like wash, you know. That instant throttle response is fantastic, you know, um, and it really was good. But, you know, I I don't think they're there yet. The battery technology isn't there, Um, you know, for for real. uh, Range anxiety is this huge thing for a lot of people. It is. You know, know, I mean, realistically, I don't do silly miles. You know, I probably ride 5,000 miles a year, if that. Mm. You know, I really don't. I spend my my hands, you know, inside motorcycles, not on top of them. Yeah. so you know, it's uh, it's an interesting one. I would, I can't wait to get on a Triumph T one. That's going to be a very interesting machine, and I I personally Definitely think does. it's a lot. I think personally think it's a lot better looking than the Harley as well. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I hope I hope the actual bike ends up looking the way their their sort of prototype that they're, yeah. they're publishing looks like. Yeah, we yeah. all know we all know that it differs a little bit, but I think they did quite yeah. well with the Trident um, when they bought that out. I was really quite impressed with how neat of a package that bike is. Mm. I don't think we'll ever do one. Um, we might offer some parts for one, but I, I think it's a, a different market. You know, um, it's yeah. that kind it's of, sort of entry level. level, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. one of those. 
Cool. Right, next one, Pete English. Now, Pete has a little bit of a reputation for his question, so let's see what he's got in store for us. <laughs> Hi, go. guys. Hope you're both fitting well. Question. Us blokes are constantly sending each other dodgy stuff over WhatsApp and Messenger. Where is this going? What would you do if one of those messages contained a compromising compromising video of your next-door neighbour? <laughs> ah, interesting. Is, is this somebody you want neighbor. to tell us, Pete? Yeah. Oh, oh, of, of my neighbour. Oh, you know what? There's an interesting one here because well, I still live at home. So I, um, going back to what I was saying right at the start um, about me starting the business and wanting to buy a house, hmm. I've got myself into a position and I bought my first house last Wednesday. Um, so my very first house. So I thank you. Um, I don't. Um, I don't have any neighbours yet in the new place, um, but I still live at home. With my mum, bless her. So my neighbours are yeah. Um, I absolutely, sincerely hope I never receive compromised photos of either of those because I think I will be violently <laughs> ill um, very quickly. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, if I had if I had very wealthy neighbours, there would probably be some sort of negotiation there. To be had. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, I think I think there probably would be like, hmm, look what I've got. You know, uh, <laughs> tap the leak button. That that costs ten thousand pound. That does, you know. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's an interesting question. So yeah, um, I sincerely hope I never receive compromising photos of them. Um, but yeah, no, I think it would be an instant. Oh, that's kinky. I'll delete that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> delete. Yeah. yeah, of course. Save. Yeah, delete. <laughs> See you later. God. <laughs> Good question though. Oh blimey! Yeah, he's he's given us some uh, some peaches, has Pete, over the days. Um, Next one, Ravenshead Rider. To Jody, what bike that you've designed and built are you most proud of to date? You know, that's an interesting one because try and wrong gonna like my answer. <laughs> um, so well, there's there's three poignant bikes in my building career. Um, but um and if I was gonna go and say, right, I'm the most proud of this one, not because um of what you know like compared to my standards now it's probably not as good as it could be um but it was the panigale 1299 that i built and mm. i'm most i'm most proud of that bike but it's the most poignant one for me because it it really really put me on the map um and what i managed to do with a write-off bike you know i paid seven and a half thousand quid for it which was so much money for me back then um you know um it was basically everything i had and i built on a shoestring budget and as we know a Panigale 1299 isn't the most simple of bikes to design or uh, or to work on, you know, or to replace when it's broken. Um, mm -hmm. You know, um, so I bought it as a write-off, complete front-end damage. It had about 1,700 miles on it, 17 ridge bike. And I built that in my old workshop. But I remember pulling it apart and going, ah, oh, yeah, Panigales don't have a frame, do they? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, what can I chop and weld on this? What do you do? Like, yeah. It was like, well, you can't chop and weld anything on it. And I was like, right, well, Oops. I'm so far in a hole now that I just have to make engineer my way out of it. And and I did, you know, and I again credit cards, borrowing, you know, loans, you know, to get it done. And I remember 3D scanning the rear subframe, and I'd never done that before. CAD designing the rear, I'd never done that before. I put my very first titanium exhaust, and it took me, it literally took me two weeks to build the exhaust because titanium, I'd never welded it before, and I did it in pie cut as well, and that's it was one wow. millimeter thick and 70 millimeter pipe. Now, if you try and cut a one millimeter thick piece of aluminium, a uh, piece of titanium, sorry, and a little pie cut slither like that, it deforms. 
Um, so I had to 3D print a special set of jaws to hold it. Um, and I Jesus. bought a special saw. The saw was like 400 quid. And again, I had to buy the saw. I couldn't afford the fucking saw to cut it up. We make it, you know. Um, and I had to buy a 3D printer and all these things, you know, it just, it kind of, it put my back against the wall to build it. And it was so difficult to build. And I just, I had no choice. I was so far, because no one else knew how to do it. Mm. You know what I mean? No one else has done it. Um, anyway, I built it and I got it done in just in time for the bike shed. And there was a very poignant moment for the bike shed for me. And I rolled it in. Um, and uh, there's a few poignant moments on the bike shed there. Because I rolled it into the bike shed. And there's a guy walked up to me and his name is Winston Ye. He owns a company called Rough Crafts. Um, and... Uh, that he builds custom bikes, he builds custom Harleys to a very, very high standard. And at, at the time, he was a bit of a kind of like a kind of like an um, like an inspiration for me. I, I guess yeah. you could say, you know, I was going to look at him like oh, I want to be like you, kind of thing. And I rolled it in, and he, and he went, "Is that why I've been on Panigale?" I was like, "Yes." He was like, "Does it run?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." Why? He was like, "Where have you put everything?" And I was like, "Right." Okay, so it's an interesting one. Beautiful. So when I pulled the Panigale apart, you pull all the fairings off, you pull you pull the fairing, the side fairing off the Panigale 1209, it's, a, it's a, like a bird's nest of wiring. It's just like an incredible lattice of plugs and sensors and wires and things that all need to be somewhere. And um, right. I actually used the original wiring limb on that. Um, I was quoted by a very, very reputable um, Ducati slash sort of superbike builder. Um, I won't say no names, but they kind of priced me out of it. And I thought, you bastards. I said, you know, I'm going to do this myself. Um, And so I did. And, you know, I kind of chopped and hacked up the loom myself and got it. And it's, um, and I did it, you know, and I built it. And it went to the bike show and he walked up to me and Winston walked up to me and went, does it run? And I went, yeah, it does. Watch this. I started up right there and then, you know, and it was like, wow, you know, he was gobsmacked. And I was like, whoa. I've surprised myself here and I built this thing because when you pull all that wiring off there's this beautiful engine that nobody ever gets to see and it's kind mm. of like an inside out kind of web of webbing and kind of castings it's all so nice and so pretty and and I was like right well if I can pull this bike apart as much as possible put as little back on it as possible make it look good um, then you know I would have done what I set out to do and the second most poignant moment at the bike shed show was when I was steaming drunk because the guy that I sold it to kept kept handing me beers and that was the first night he'd seen it um and I was steaming drunk and um the uh one someone very high up in Ducati UK kind of wandered over and I didn't know who he was at the time and he started chatting and I was swaying at this one this was like on the VIP <laughs> night on Friday I was swaying and uh and he was asking me all about the bike and he was like oh by the way I'm so and so I'm ex person at Ducati um, I absolutely love your bike and I want to fly you out to Bologna to the factory to meet the design directors um, wow. and I was like alright then I'm in and uh, yeah so that was it I had a three day trip courtesy of Ducati to, the Bologna, to Bologna um and uh, I wow, took a couple man. of friends and there was lots of cheese and wine and pie <laughs> that was consumed and uh, lots of motorcycles that were spoken about unfortunately the Ducati thing was uh, did never really came to fruition so that was a very interesting thing because I actually genuinely came to a fork in the road um, mm. and no I've never spoken about this before to anyone other than my very close friends and people that know me um, and not even these boys know about this because I've never really thought to bring it up but I came to a fork in the road and this fork was Ducati and this fork was Triumph and I was like do I go with Ducati because, you know, they're offering me X or do I go with Triumph and stick it out and see if I can build a better relationship with them? And mm. um, 
they kind of kind of but the the Ducati the guys are lovely there you know they 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 were very accommodating but um I actually chose to go down the British route the Triumph route yeah, I thought they yeah. fitted me better. I thought they fitted Thornton 100 and the brand better. So I was like, right, I'm going to go down the Triumph route. So that was an interesting fork in the road that I came to around sort of two and a bit years ago. And I was like, right, where am I, what am I going to do here? And I kind of pointed down Triumph route and they kind of started to take notice of me. And now I guess I'm kind of like the face of their custom motorcycle scene. You know, we mm. held the Bonneville mm. build off. I kind of introduced the new Bonnevilles to those guys. And um, we're doing a photo shoot with them again to launch a load of new clothing with them. And, you know, it, it's been it's been a great relationship that's kind of grown really as as we've grown as a brand really, and uh, yeah, it works very well. So uh, there you go, that's something for your followers that nobody else in the world knows. <laughs> exclusive, exclusive, exclusive. Um, so- so let's say, let's say money no object. Somebody with a blank check comes to you and goes, "I want a brand new boof bike, right? Not a Triumph. I want this bike." Would you would you take that project on to fully customize that other manufacturer, or would you just you are you purely Triumph you know now and nothing you, you else? You know what? I, um, people say that in a hypothetical way, but I have customers that come to me and say that. <laughs> I bet there's there's um, money in bikes as they, you know. They, yeah, they come and they do say that. Um, so do I take that project on? I already know what that project is um, because I wanted to do it myself, and uh, it's a it's a super leggera Panigale V4, uh, um, and I actually inquired about one uh, when they came out, and they're way too much money. Um, yes, um, would I take it on? Um, you know. I wouldn't really wouldn't want to upset Triumph. If I did take it on, I would take it on, but it wouldn't be public like it would be like I do with gotcha. all of my other builds. Um, so what I don't really want to be doing is I'm not, I'm very, but I, me and Triumph have no official contract. We have no official anything. We have no nothing like that, but I am quite loyal. Um, mm. They're good to me and I'm good to them. You know, I think it works quite well, but um, yes, um, it would probably be if someone came and said, Look, Jody, build me a crazy bike, I'll be like, right, let's buy a Panagoli Super before. Let's laser sensor, um, 3D printed metal, the subframe, let's laser sensor and 3D print and, and um, use generative design to create the uh, swing arm. And do you know why I'm saying this? It's because I've actually done all of this and I've created an entire proposal for a customer. Um, and uh, we put the whole thing together, and I, it never actually went anywhere because I was green disgusting numbers like like <laughs> disgusting numbers um but for example when you spend thirty thousand pounds to develop and manufacture a swing arm you know it's about to make anyone kind of you know kind of a little bit queasy Jeez. you know um but for example you know the amount of design hours the amount of stress and strain testing that needs to go into that um any approvals it needs to go through um to get it registered you know it's, it's so much involved and then actually laser sintering something out of titanium you know, is is a is a you got to find someone with a mid, with a with a million pound machine, or actually more than a million quid machine. Um, you know, it would probably be about you're looking at two or three million quid just for the machine to make it. You know, and Jesus whoever is Christ. whoever is kind of whoever is kind of shopping out that work, they need to make their money back, and it's going to cost. Yeah. You know, and yes, I will do it. Yes, we have the skills. Will I know exactly what I'm doing straight away? No, I'll probably wing it. Um, but I will guarantee you that I'll find you a solution, and we'll get there in the end. You know, so. Where where does your creative your creative juices your creative flair come from? Because you've obviously got the vision in your head. You 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 can you can picture what you want to do with stuff. Yeah. Where does that come from? Um, I have no idea. I honestly have no idea. You know, I sometimes I just look at something and go, 
we're doing that. That is, that yeah. is what that bike wants. And if we're anything other than that, then it's wrong. Um, sometimes I will really have to look at something in, and it will take, sometimes it will take even us going, yeah, I think that's what I want. We'll make it, design it, get it to, get it on the bike and it'll be like, nah, no. that's not quite yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so when am I creative? I don't know. I don't know. Um, and realistically, they're not always there. You know, like sometimes it's, I do hit a creative kind of block and I have done for weeks, you know, and I'm kind of like, well, can I even build bikes anymore? You know, where's this <laughs> coming from? And, uh, you know, it's not all kind of oh, crazy ideas. And, you know, it sometimes, but the thing is, it's not just me anymore. It's a design committee, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. Alex and, you know, Alex didn't know anything about motorcycle design. None of those boys even ride motorcycles, you know, and they kind of, Alex looks at it from a product design kind of point of view. You kind of look at it from a marketing point of view and see, we'll just see, see if I can make it look cool on camera kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'll toss ideas around and we'll kind of chuck ideas about and we'll, we'll do a mind map we'll do this and the other and sketch things out on the iPad and 3D scan it and see what it looks like but yeah I guess it's a I, I think with the motorcycles you know you, you kind of you start from your hard facts you know from, so I will start with right I, I've got to create this for example chain guard uh, mm-hmm. or this back end um, and it absolutely cannot mount from anywhere other than these four four holes or two holes okay. or one hole, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's you, that's your starting point, you know, cause if you can't mount it from anything else other than that, you've got to start from that. You've got to integrate it and try to make gotcha. it flow and make it look like it. Right. So, um, the creative juices don't always flow. Um, sometimes I really do get kind of like a writer's block or a builder's block, you know? Um, but you know, when they do start flowing, you know, I'll run around like a madman. These boys can't keep up, you know, <laughs> it's just that I will, I'm, <laughs> I'm hyper and I will obsess over it and I will be here at three, four o'clock in the morning. I believe doing it you, man. I I'm believe obsessed you. with it. You know, I'm, I just get obsessed with it. And, um, you know, I'm probably a bit OCD and ADHD. I've never been diagnosed, but, you know, um, it's probably a bit of that there, you know. So, yeah, it's one of them. Awesome. Because I, I remember watching, well, today I watched a vid that was on, it was on how you designed your paddock stand. And, yes. I, and I was like, how can you make a paddock stand look sexy? Do you know what I mean? And, and you did. You, you, you did. It's, that's an I don't even, I don't even a own very, a Triumph, and I was like, that's a sexy-looking paddock stand. Yeah, paddock stand was an interesting one because we needed an option to give to customers, and I could, I could mm. make a paddock stand that would cost £5,000, you know, yeah. quite, quite comfortably, you know, and I will, and I'll put ceramic bearings in it, and I will put nice little, little dampened spring systems in that when it pops down, it makes a lovely little noise, and, it, you know, mm. Well, that was an interesting one. So it was the very first video that Stevie ever made for us, actually. And I and it was and it was something that I wanted to create that didn't cost the absolute earth, you know, that so people that want to put it down for their bother that put them on a nice little mat in their garage, you know. I want them to have something nice, but I don't want them to be spending five hundred quid, you know, and it, it needs to be in line with what the market is. And it was a difficult one because I, I actually designed it on the iPad. Um and um I we just laid we we laser cut it, you know, and they're just it's three laser cut plates and they I weld mm. them together, you know, and then we use wheels off like a little kid's scooter because you get real, like, real nice CNC wheels and nice bearings and that. And and I mean, put some Pro Bolt, nice little titanium bolts in it. And yeah, it's um, it kind of flows from that really. But I just wanted, I wanted the logo in there. I wanted something that was flowing with the lines. And yeah, it's, uh, gotcha. it's a lovely little product, I must admit, you know, and we can make them for a realistic price point and we can sell them for a realistic price point. Um, gotcha. which is not always agreed upon, but you know, it's, uh, it's one of them really. It was, it was interesting watching the, um, the Q and a, 
uh, vid with is it Alex? Yeah. Yes, is Alex. Alex, yeah. The Q and A yeah. vid you did then, and you were talking about the use of how you guys use technology. Because obviously, you're all you're all young lads that are in there. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you incorporate technology into it seems all manner of the business, like the, yeah. the stock, the stock check stock control. Yeah, yeah. Everything's done off our iPhones. I'll, I'll go and scan something. Bosh, comes off stock. You know, it goes out. Scan. Just everything's right there. And um, that's an interesting one because bike builders before me are generally uh, not to uh, kind of generalise, but you know they're generally they're older guys. You know that have retired, are doing it for a bit of fun, or mm. you know they've, they've made their money and they're doing it. You know for for a bit of fun or, you know, they're trying to do it or, or they did it, you know, they started when they were my age 20, 30 years ago. Um, but the world is a very different place now and it's moving yeah. at a, a million miles an hour and we're relevant right now. And that doesn't mean to mean that we're going to be relevant in five years. You know, I mm. think we're riding a wave and I think it's working really well, but we have got to be so on it, you know, with TikTok. I don't like TikTok, you know, I don't have a TikTok account, but and I don't, I don't watch IGTVs and I don't watch reels and, you know, I, I feel like a dinosaur compared to these boys, you know, and, and uh, you know, Alex is 22, you know, and I feel like a dinosaur compared to him because a few years, three years now yeah. is such a difference, you know, in terms of, you know, he's into his TikTok, he's into his reels, he's into his this and the other. And, you know, I think it'll be, it'll be so important for us to remain relevant relevant um, as a company as we can continue to grow. And I will just kind of take a step back because I bring the knowledge in terms of making something safe, designing something properly, mm. building a motorcycle. You know, people create lovely looking motorcycles. You create these lovely motorcycles on Instagram and you see them in real life and the, the actual uh, execution of it is diabolical. You know, um, you know, there's lots of sort of tips, tips and tricks that kind of make a bike nice, you know, um, um, but, but, and, and it's well finished so um, yeah but you know yeah we incorporate every, every technology into everything and it's great it makes things easy why don't I have yeah. a computer do the work you know I don't have to sit there and cut my hands open and weld something for 50 hours if we can scan it with an iPhone create it in, the, in a CAD design and make something 10 times better 10 times sexier more lightweight better materials and repeatable we can repeatedly make something nice um, yeah. which isn't always done by hand you know and I really appreciate those you know, Max Hazan, you know, people like the Bolex, Callum, you know, they're different builders to me. They're doing things by hand, but we're doing, we're just taking a different angle and we're, we're bringing a, a young kind of like a, um, uh, a viewpoint from it and a, and a, a standpoint of just in, incorporating any kind of technology if we can get hands on or afford because it's wildly expensive. Yeah, it, it struck me that you, you've, you've, you've already built a business that's scalable so that, you know, you can take your your sort of your practices, your working practices that you adopt now and your stock taking and everything like that, and you can scale it with that technology to, to yeah. fit whatever the demand becomes. Yeah, whatever the demand becomes, yeah, like I say, it's scalable. And we are, as of, uh, nobody knows this yet either, we're actually working on a, um, a dealership campaign. So we are going to have Thornton wow. 100 dealers in Canada, North America, South America, Philippines, Jesus. Thailand, and Australia to start with. Um, and the problem is that we get uh, we get emails and emails and emails, 10, 15 emails a day from all over the world going, I am in X place. Can you build me a bike and send it to me? And I'm, I can't. I can't mm -hmm. cost effectively do that. But what I can do is fly out to a nominated dealer, show them how to build a bike, for example, a bobber, 
show them what I expect and the standards that I expect and, and, and make sure. sure that and then do regular audits of them to ensure that they're up keeping a standard. Then what mm-hmm. I can do is I can go to Mr. Customer and say, hello, Mr. Customer. No, I can't build you one, but so-and-so motorcycles can build you one. They're an authorized dealer. I've personally gotcha. been there and signed it off. Um, and we're going to send them all the bits for your bike and they're going to put it together for you. Um, and that is how we scale the business in terms of the bike side. Um, but the business is scalable in terms of the clothing, the branding, you know, and the parts. So, you know, I want Thornton 100 to be the next bell stuff. I want Thornton 100 to be the next barber. I think we can do that. I think the brand can carry it. I think Thornton 100 can carry anything kind of luxury. I think if we wanted to go into watches, we could probably do watches. We could probably do footwear. We could probably do anything, really. I think the uh, Thornton brand can hold it. You know, I love I think that, we can get into it. I know? love that vision. I love it. Good on yeah. you. Yeah. Good on you. A bit of an entrepreneurial kind of aspect to it as well. You know, a lot of people do build bikes for the love of it. And yeah, I love it. I love building motorcycles, but at the same time, I've got to make money. I've got to keep these lights on. I've got to pay for all of these boys' cars, finance, all of their rent, everything. (laughs) And yeah, there's a lot going on. I've got a house to pay for now, you know, so that's an interesting one. Do you ever get the time to actually sit and think, four years ago, I was in a fucking shopping, uh, shipping container? <laughs> uh, let me see if I can flip this round. Uh, right. Um, this is me four years ago. Um, so that is the shipping container. That is a Ducati yeah. 900SS. And that is a, uh, a filing cabinet that is stolen. You have to excuse my hands. I haven't even watched them because I was building, <laughs> building stuff. Um that is a um, a stainless steel um, workbench, um, and that came out of my mum's school when they redid the kitchen. This was a thing that I bodged up, and there was I didn't even have a toolbox. There's a hundred pound um, uh, Halford toolkit there, um, and there was no door on it actually for um, at least three months. And I have a big scar actually on my thumb. You see that scar there? I yeah, built that. Yeah. I did that. I nearly cut my thumb off. Um, basically building the door for it <laughs> so um and underneath here it says shed mentality so um what i um what i said to the boys um is an interesting one because over here we have a photo of helicopters and ferraris and all sorts yeah, of lovely yeah. toys and stuff like that and what i um what i said to the boys is right guys i know it I, the problem is they haven't been here from the start. I've been here from the start. And I, I know I get wrapped up in it as well. And I said to those boys, so underneath that, I said, shed mentality. I said, guys, when I left 50 Lip and I was there with nothing, minus money, I had the bank knocking on my door saying, pay back our loans, do this and that. I was so wildly motivated to make it work. And yeah. that mentality that I had that I was in the shed, that shed mentality you have to make this work. Otherwise you are done. You are dead. You might as well go and fall over the hole and die. Um, now what is, might be easy for these boys to get wrapped up in is the celebrities that we sell to the mm. wildly, wildly wealthy millionaires and billionaires that we go to their houses and there's Porsches and Ferraris and Lambos all knocking about and, you know, Ferraris out the front because customers have turned up in it and then we get helicopter rides, you know, we go out for nice dinners with clients and this and the other. And, and, and I think it might be easy for them guys, and I, I'm probably, probably guilty of it, you know, think, sitting back and getting a little bit comfortable going, do you know what, this is pretty tasty and this is pretty nice, we might have made it. Um, well, I whereas I sit back and go, oh, boys, I'm in the same mentality right now, even though we have, all right, we don't have the world, 
but we've got a very, very nice platform around us. And, we, and, yeah. and if we Let's ever go. feel like, if we ever feel like we're getting comfortable, if you ever feel like you can ever take your foot off the gas pedal there, that is the wrong mentality. You're in the wrong place and you need to switch up because we are going, 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 gunning, gunning. And we absolutely have to do more. We absolutely have to be better. We absolutely have to give the customer a better experience, a better product. And we can do it. We're absolutely capable of it. The only thing that I struggle with at the moment is a manpower because we've got the culture, we've got the mentality, and we've got the drive and the vision to be able to do it. So, guys, if we can maintain that shed mentality that I had four years ago and we can keep growing at this exponential rate that we're growing at, we'll absolutely take over the world. And I said to these boys, you know, if you're here with me, you're here from the start, you stick with me, I'll take you on the ride with it. You know, we'll all be... <laughs> We'll all be driving around in Ferraris and Porsches and Lambos and helicopters, you know. You know. Dude, I'm pumped just listening to this. Yeah, I'm I mean, like, yeah, it, let's do it. If we can, <laughs> if we can do it, then you know, guys, come on the journey with me. You know, um, and we're trying to take the followers on the journey with me as well. So if you, mm. you know, you know, it's interesting actually. There's another custom bike builder, um, and I'm not going to name any names. And what they've mm. done um, is they've created themselves a very kind of posh, exclusive kind of image. Um, and they're not in the UK they're not UK based they're them, but a very posh exclusive they sell similar sort of things that we do new bikes blah 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 um, and what they've done on their Instagram is if you look at the amount of posts they've got they've got about 50 to 100 posts and it's very 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 curated you go onto my Instagram and there is I think there's about 400 posts now and you scroll down and you see the quality of the bikes go down you'll see the money go down and then you scroll all the way to the bottom and you'll see me at the bottom of that Instagram in yep. that shed with zero experience doing that. And that is part of the legacy. So when I'm saying about I'm taking the guys on the journey with that, journey is there for everyone to see. And the journey is there for our followers to get involved with. And I want to take everyone on the journey with me because, you know, why not? I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the followers following, mm -hmm. if it wasn't Absolutely, for the customers yeah. coming, if it wasn't for the guys watching this, you know, um, you know, then we wouldn't be here, you know, so we absolutely have to give back. And I want to take everyone on that journey with 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 me and with the boys, you know, hopefully they'll stick around and they won't piss them off if we sit hard on them, <laughs> you know, because I can be quite hard on them. But, um, you know, it's for the best. I'm like that strict parent that kind of beats them, you know, um, they have complete creative free reign. But um, when it comes to deadline time or when it comes to getting the customer something or something being right, then it absolutely has to be. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got your expectations there as the well, they're representing your brand, aren't they? So they have, to, they have to reach Absolutely. that level. It's interesting you said that about Instagram because that's exactly what I, you know, it's exactly what I do when I, if, if I have a guest coming on here, then you yeah. know I'll go onto their social media and have a look, and I yeah. always scroll through, and I yeah. like to see how you can see how most people, how they develop. And it's, yeah. it struck me when I looked at yours, it was just like, Jesus, it, it literally is one bloke in a shed. And now look where he is. Wow, it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's an interesting one. And it's, um, it's a weird one because I always feel kind of awkward. For example, um, that kind of sentence um, that you just said there, um, now look where we are. Um, and, I, and I feel very, very, very grateful for everything that we have and everything around us. But, um, I just always kind of look at that and go, what, what, watch where we're going. You know, watch what's coming, you know, cause it's more and it's better. And we are investing disgusting amounts of money in, in the company. It makes me feel sick. Um, when I look at what goes in and what goes out, you know, um, 
it's um you know and like for example we're working with a big display company so for example you walk down oxford street and you will see um massive display screens huge kind of like um big display screens in shops and interactive stuff and interactive cad and we're working on that at the moment and we're going to work with this company and they're going to come in and people are going to be able to work with a big huge life-size style tv and we'll be able to sit there and create we create their bike on the cad right there and i'll be spinning wow. it around and we'll create and then what we'll be able to do is take them into the sales suite six and vr goggles on them and they'll be able to walk around their bike and look at it and listen Seriously. to it so we'll have soundtracks and we'll be able to press the button we'll have pre-recorded everything we have so 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 much going on and nobody is investing like that absolutely whatsoever and i don't want to give away too many secrets but yeah nobody it's just the investment you know um I know I probably a lot of people will kind of get to a point and go, ah, do you know what? I'll buy my house, I'll buy my Porsche, and that's kind of cool. And I'll think kind of let this simmer now, but absolutely not. I'm on the I'm gonna I'm on my way to create the biggest bright cycle brand and you know, hopefully Love I'll look it, back at this in ten years and we will be there, you know. So I'm yeah, for you. Yeah, awesome. Exciting. Exciting. Um I was just having a quick look at the next question. I think we've pretty much answered it. It's from Rob Bignall. Hi, question for Jody. Which manufacturer would you like to go into partnership with to build a limited edition bike for? Well, we kind of covered that. You are in the trial. We covered that one. We covered that one. We already know who that's going to be. Next one, Brian McManus. Hi to all. A question to Jody. What led you to doing what you do, i.e. your background and skills? I love what you guys come up with. I think we kind of covered that. Kind of covered question. that, yeah. We kind of covered that question, yeah, with the with the, with the apprenticeship and getting forced out and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we, we, we pretty much covered that one. Question two, what would be your dream bike to modify? Uh, again, yeah, it's super Legera, that one it? with a super Legera, yeah. <laughs> he says Bruce has a little weary GSXR, but I reckon he won't let you near the beast. Do you, <laughs> do you know my story? Do you know the story about my GSXR? No, I don't know. I am. Um, the whole reason I'm here is because I I did a it's about an hour and an hour and ten minutes, folks. It's taken me to mention this. People lay <laughs> bets as to how long it'll take in each podcast before I talk yeah. about my my trip. I rode a G6 R thousand around the world back in yeah. 2012 to 2014. I remember, it. I remember seeing it. So yeah. that's that's where the whole teapot one came from, and it's yeah. sort of fast forward, and now now we're here, um, yeah. and everyone keeps asking me what am I doing with the bike because it it just sits in my garage, you know, and yeah. yeah initially I wasn't going to do anything and now I'm thinking I'd, I'd quite like to get her back on the roads but I don't I don't want to lose you know the battle scars and the fairings yeah and... no absolutely not that is a that is a trophy um, that you, should be preserved you know every yeah. single scratch every single twisted together wire with a bit of gaffer tape around it you know um, and I've you know I've got a few stories like that you know my my XR 600 that I rode um, we did these long trips around I did three of them around Europe and you know there's nothing like adversity to create an adventure for example oh, I was sure. riding it down the road and we were we were in um, we are in northern Italy somewhere and I was riding it down the road and basically what I'd done is make, I'd made my own wiring loom for it um, <laughs> and a battery that sat in a basically a tool bag on the back of the my guard I was riding it down the road my dad was kind of I rode up next to him he was kind of hit me he's like slow down slow down I was like what's going on and I looked behind me and it was smoking <laughs> and no. the battery was like on fire like smoking I was like oh god we're in the middle <laughs> of nowhere what's going on um, so we kind of stopped and the battery uh, what happened is the regulator rectifier had failed and it was basically charging this thing at silly voltage and it had swelled up heated Jesus. up and it was basically like a big ball of battery and I was like 
Ooh, <laughs> okay then. Um, so took the battery off, quickly discarded of it uh, on the side of the road there and left that for someone else to worry about because I couldn't carry it because it was on fire, you know. So I was like, all right, I just have to leave that there. Um, bump started the bike, rode to a Honda dealer in the middle of a town somewhere and they were like, look, we ain't got, we ain't got anything for you, you know. And it was like, right, okay, we're, we've got a trans-out regulator rectifier, you know. And I was like, that will do. Again, splicer-wise, twist it all together, you know, um, bit of cable tie, you know, bit of duct tape, you know, and it's great, you know. Um, and again, like another, another story like that, you know Mount Jaffro, the highest Who's navigable, that? the Mount Jaffro, the highest navigable um, off-road pass um, in Europe. Um, right. And it's kind of, um, don't quote me where it is, it's like Switzerland, kind of Italian out kind of area. And uh, we rode to the top of this um, um, place and, um it's like it's like five miles up um, and we rode all the way to the top and me and my dad were taking the photos and the sun was going down and barley, barley, barley. We got to the top of this hill and um, you know, I was on my XR and he was on an XL 600 as well and it wouldn't start. My bike would not start and I was like, nightmare. You know, we're quite high. I think, don't quote me on this, about 3,800 metres or feet. I don't know. One of those will probably kill me. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Um, and uh, yeah, it wouldn't start. And I couldn't, could not for the life of me bump start because we were so high of the air sin. You know, I didn't jet mm. it to do that kind of thing. And anyway, we, we managed to kind of, I kind of coasted it down for, for about a mile or so. And, you know, I managed to get it going and I rode it all the way back down to the, the, the campsite that we were in. Remember, that we just in a tent. We were probably rocking it, you know, like just tent, yeah. you know. Um, and uh, there was a bunch of blokes there as well next door to the tent. Um, and they're on GSs, they're on new GSs. <laughs> and, um, and I was like, right, okay. So I, I basically figured out, I was like, right, this is a start motor. Um, and what me and my dad had done a few, like a month or so before um, this trip was we'd ridden through a big deep Ford. And what it had done is filled my starter motor up with water. Um, so what I did was I basically took my starter motor out. And I, I, it's the two screws, the kind of long screws that hold it together. And um, I kind of pulled it apart and pulled out all this river water that was still left in it from a month or so ago. And I was like, ah. And then what Oops. came out with it as well is if you're familiar with how a, 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 an electric motor works, you have a winding of coils in the middle on the Hondas. Right. You have like a winding of coil, uh, like a, a copper wire. And then you have the, the casing, which has all these permanent magnets that are meant to be stuck to it. Um, gotcha. And they're bonded to the casing. And that's what you put power through it and it spins. Uh, but what happened is, the water had basically dissolved all of the bonding that was sticking all of this glue to this outer casing and just I basically just poured out all of the internals of the star motor. And we're in the middle oh, of nowhere as well. And uh, and I remember sitting there with wet wipes, right? And these these German guys come over with uh, with their GSs and they were like, <laughs> yeah, we're going to get started. I was like wiping out the case with wet wipes, like baby wipes. Um, and they were like, you're never going to get that started. And they went off to dinner. There was a restaurant down the road. Um and uh, what I'd done is I basically wiped it all down with the wet wipes and used a bit of, I'd used super glue and, a, and an activating <laughs> thing. And I glued all of the the, the magnets all right back round onto the thing, reassembled it or cleaned everything up, put it all back together. I started it and I turned up to the restaurant an hour or so later and they just <laughs> burst out laughing. They shook my hand and they bought the beers for the rest of the night. And they were like, oh, good on play, them. Good on them. Fair play. I was like, <laughs> adversity leads to adventure that's it and good <laughs> stories you know like it's good stories you know so Honestly, I'll, never, I'll never forget that the amount of people that and I know why because I was the same you you worry when you plan a big trip you're, you're always worried what if this goes wrong what if that yeah. happens what if this happens yeah. but what you as you just pointed out what you learn is 
That's the whole point of going on it a big adventure. Matter. That's it when the fun matter. starts. <laughs> you know, honestly, my dad got a puncture, and I can't tell you the details and the story too much, but he was in Russia somewhere, and he got a puncture in the middle of nowhere. There's absolutely no way, you know. And then these people passing by, you know, picked him up, and they took him for like 20 miles, got him a new yeah. inner tube, got him a tyre, bought him back. You meet the nicest, and they stayed there for absolutely. the night. You know what I mean? You meet the nicest people. And, you know, it doesn't matter if it goes wrong, because if it goes wrong, it leads to adversity, and it leads to an adventure, and that's what makes it fun. And if it was I'm easy, it would be boring, and everyone would be doing <laughs> it, you know, which is why I'm all about, you know, let's 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 make it interesting, you know. Beautiful. Mate, have you got time to, um, there's, a, there's a couple of questions on yeah. on Instagram. Have you got time for that? Yeah, fantastic. Let's do it. Beautiful. So thank you very much, folks, for leaving your questions on Patreon. We'll move across to Instagram, which is at teapot1insta. And again, as I said, I'll leave Jody's social links down below. First question, Trish at the, uh, Trish at, or Trisha, the Triumph Speed Triple. Bruce, loving these podcasts, buddy. I get to listen to these on my way to work, gearing me up for a good day working for the NHS. Well, thank you very much for the job you're doing there. Thank you very much. Question for you both. Styling on new bikes these days are usually well suited to the market the manufacturers are aiming for. This usually splits opinions right down the middle. Can you name one bike that you wouldn't change the looks of and one you wish you could just change everything? Cheers. Well, that's an interesting. That's an interesting. Is, question. Do you know why that's an interesting question? Is because I really don't. I'm really not involved in the motorcycle market. Really, like I'm not really kind of. You know, you get like the people you know who are reviewing the bikes. They know a bike will speed past my hundred mile an hour on the road, and they'll go, "Oh, that was a so and so." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll you don't go. Know. I don't know what that was like. That was a sports bike of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> um, I look at a bike, uh, you know, I look at the live wire and I go, oh, that headlight is really making me feel quite <laughs> nauseous. <laughs> you know, um, and I look at most Harleys and I think that, um, like, purely because it was the first one that picked pops into my head, you know, live wire, I look at that and go, what, what are you trying to be? You know, and this, I think this is going to be a, this is just a very briefly, a very interesting topic why would you put a fuel tank on a motorcycle that is not requiring a fuel tank mm. Mm. just to make it look like a motorcycle? Why, why are you doing that? You know, why it doesn't do make any think, sense. Do you not think that's to, that's to try and like almost placate the motorcycle market out there? Because we know what a bike we know what a bike like. looks like. We know what a yeah, bike should look like, but realistically, what a bike needs to be now, now they're mm. electric, it doesn't mm. need to look like that. And I think um, if I was going to start again and design a motorcycle, I would probably, if I was doing an electric one, I'd probably not make it look like a motorcycle. Like, it would probably look like something else. And people go, oh, that's disgusting. You know, but then again, like you say, 50% of people go, that's disgusting. Why have you done that? 50% of people go, that's fantastic. And you never Absolutely. know it might be cotton on. Then all of a sudden, fuel tank. So, you know, yeah. what's, what's the that? What's the fact? What's a fuel tank? You know, and um, yeah, it's an interesting Jody, thing. Like, Jody, design. Do a conceptual design. Go on, design please. It. Do yeah, one. Really. Do one. I think, I think there should be a big old, I, you know, realistically, you're going to need something to grip with your knees. You know, mm. you're going to need something in between to make to make it feel and ride like a normal motorcycle. But you know, are you know whether it needs to look like that? I don't know. So a live wire, you know, um, would, would be that's disgusting. Why are you doing that? Um, 
a pretty, pretty, pretty bike. Um, what is a pretty bike straight out of the factory? I try I'm going to hate you for this again, but um, I look at the new, I look at the four Panigales and I go, oh, that's mm. a very, very, very pretty bike. That is yeah. very nice looking. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're just sexy, aren't they? There's something about yeah. an Italian bike, you know, an Italian Absolutely. woman, they're the same, you know, just... <laughs> Uh, Nightmare to live on. with. Great fun to write. Oh yeah. god! <laughs> exactly that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I look at a V4 Panigale and I'll go, oh, you know, straight out of the box. That's a very nice looking bike, and I will own one. You know, um, and uh, yeah, I think that's a very pretty bike. You know, and it's strange because it's not really what I'm into. I'm not really into going fast, and you know, and I love my triumphs and my cruise and that. You know, but I, I'm really looking at that bike and go, you know what? You don't need to do much of that. You know, for it, to, for it to be a very pretty nice-looking bike, so that's why too. My wide, disgusting Panigale, pretty nice. What do you think of MV Augusta's styling-wise, look-wise? Oh yeah, they're very kind of um, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, again, they're kind of going for that Italian kind of look. I think some of them can get a bit busy, um, a bit busy. You know, too many <clears> angles, <throat> kind of thing sometimes. You know, and all the new stuff. I think they're um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a massive fan. But again, you know, realistically, if you put, if you put, I don't know. You know, I, I think, I think people try too hard sometimes. You know, and okay. I, I think if you can overcomplicate something and overdesign something, but hey ho, it's one of the. Go ahead. All received. All received. Uh, right, next one. Yorks F900XR. How does the... Oh, I was interested in this. How does the handling characteristics change when you put a 180 section tyre on the front? They look cool, but does it ruin the bike? It ruins the bike depending on what bike you put it on. If you ah. put 180 tyre on, on, uh, on your Suzuki, I guarantee you would not want to ride it. Um, <laughs> however, you put a 180 section front tyre on a bobber um, with a very different motorcycle geometry, a very slack geometry, a very laid back and weight over the rear kind of geometry, all of a sudden your front end is light anyway. Um, and if you make some slight adjustments to your custom triple trees, which is what we do, and I can't go too far into any detail, tell people how we do it. Um, but you can actually quicken up the steering, you know, um, and you can actually make it handle pretty nice. You know, um, your weight's quite far back, you quicken up the steering, all of a sudden you've got something that handles very similar to a standard bike. Um, the only thing that you will notice, for example, in a T120 where you weight it slightly further forward, um, there's a lot more counter steering involved and it really okay. highlights the fact that you are, for example, taking a right-hand turn and you're pushing with your pushing right arm and you are kind of pushing and kind of pushing it out and kind of making it kind of tip in a bit more. Um, so there is that, you know, but then again, the people that buy my bikes aren't trying to, you know, drag their knees around corners, you know, they, they want people to, to see them, them, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, 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 <laughs> they just want to look cool when you turn up to the pub and I guarantee you, you know, you ride one of my bikes to the center of London and you will get a hundred photos taken of you. You get taxi drivers stopping you and fist buds from bus drivers out the windows. Cause you know, they just love it. You know, people love it. You park it up and people just go and look at it and go, wow, what yeah. is that? I've never seen anything like that. You are like so cool, you know, when you're riding it and it, you know, doesn't matter what you look like, you could be the ugliest guy in the world, the fattest bloke in the world. You ride one of the my four hundreds, you are going to get looked at, and you're going to get photos taken of you. That's for sure. Right, I'm going to have to remortgage. I have to put an order. In. That's it. Um, what, so what cost? <laughs> don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. Um, so what? I mean, what? What made you think I'm going to put the big tire on the front? 
Was it purely an aesthetic thing, or yeah. you know, was I mean, something else been, you were going it's for? It's been done before. You know, Americans have done it. Mm. You know, put the fat, wide, chunky size on, and <clears throat> I think you can overdo it. You know, I think you can. Like, what's the point? Um, I was just like, can I was just like, you know what? I, I, most of the stuff that I build, the idea came from me going that would look cool if I did mm-hmm. that, and then the 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 kind of the initiation of it is, can I do it though? And then the way that it kind of moves along is me proving to myself that I can actually do it and make it a usable thing. Um, so it's a, can I make it cool? You know, I think that would look cool kind of thing. Can I do it? You know, prove to myself I can do it by doing it. You know, um, that that's kind of how that kind of came about. You know, so it was inspired by an American kind of thing, you know, big fat kind of chunkiness. And nobody had done it with a bottle before. You know, I've seen it done with one of those. And I thought, you know, well, I can do a better job than that. So that's <laughs> one nice. of them. Awesome. Um, mate, that's, that's all the questions done. Um, I just have, I have one little note that we've not covered yet. We, we touched yeah. on it, but I've, I've got new workshop with a tick next to it. So mm. looking at the future with a new workshop, I mean, mm. this is a, this is a custom, literally custom built from the ground up. You're, have you broke the ground yet? Have you put the foundations in yet? The foundations went in this week. Um, wow. So um, it's been a, it's been a, I'm not involved in that really. I'm not that sat there on the digger doing that, you know, kind of thing, but I'm kind of pointing and we kind of decided and um, <clears throat> we actually, um, so the foundations have gone in, you know, all the, all the pipes are there for toilets and sewage and the drainage and the blah, blah, blah. And the steel work is arriving in around three weeks time. And that is when I'm going to be able to stand in it and go, that's a wall, that's a wall, that's a door kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because um, I've actually only as of, a week and a bit ago decided to extend it and go further with it um because i have horrible horrible fears of what happened when i came in here going oh this is big enough i'll never outgrow this and then i get in there and i go wow this is way too small and i've spent all this money still you know and i need to move um so it is too big for us and i'm scared because it's very expensive um but uh, aim for the stars I'm a very big risk taker you know um, I we will fill it we have the boys might have a very 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 large office space and a big desk each initially but you know um, as more and more people come on and you know um, then you know it's, I'm sure we'll be outgrowing it eventually and you know we're in there for five years that's the plan um, and then we'll see what happens after that you know so um, baby steps one step at a time but yeah you'll see some still work going up in around a month's time Dude, I have zero doubt that you are going to smash it and make a massive success out of it. <laughs> Thank Honestly, you very much. Top stuff. Mate, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed the last hour and a yeah. half chat with you. It's, it's, I've found it really motivating, you know, listening to your <laughs> sort of drive and, and your ambition. It's like, fuck, I need to step up a level here and, and go you for it. You know what? It's, um, it's, I'm just so wildly obsessed with it and excited um, and and if I if I'm not, then I'm doing something wrong. And if I can excite and inspire people around me as I kind of go along, then fantastic. You know, I can build this energy up around people and the whole brand, the business, and kind of grow it. And yeah, and, and take everyone along for the journey. Then that's that's fantastic. You know, so it's uh, nice you know if I could, if I feel like I've motivated you, then that's fantastic. And uh, yeah, that's brilliant. Positivity breeds positivity. It's all, it's it's the way all to go. positive vibes here. It's all positive. <laughs> Top man. Um, right before we before we draw it to a, a close, I'll pass it back over to you. Any shout outs you want to give? Any plugs you want to give? The floor's um, yours. Yeah. So um, 
first of all, thank you everyone for watching. Um, I really, 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 really do appreciate everyone who watches our YouTube, um, 400 Motorcycles YouTube, Instagram. Um, as we move on to TikTok too, you got young guys, you know, get involved, keep commenting. Um, and uh, yeah, just a, just a very little promotional point thing. Um, we have new clothing dropping at the end of the month. We have t-shirts and caps. Obviously, we spoke about the t-shirts. We do have the caps too. Um, and we're on a road to 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. So please make sure you subscribe to our YouTube I'm too. not jealous in the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> we're on our way. We're on our way. We're, we're growing. Um, and we're always on World So If you've seen uh, on our social media recently, we're looking out for ambassadors. We're growing our ambassadors as a team. I want Thornton 100 to be absolutely everywhere where someone looks. You know, I want our competitors to turn around and I am there, you know, on a T-shirt with their favourite ambassador, you know, and I'm hoovering up every ambassador that there absolutely is. So if you think you are being going to be a good fit for the brand, um, if you think that you, you know, we're not looking for huge followings, you know, if you if you think that you will be a good ambassador for us, basically, and we can bring you out to the shows, if you've got our demo bikes, then please do get in touch. Email marketing at 400 UK and we'll get you um, on board. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, keep an eye out for, uh, for the updates on the new workshop and uh, also the updates on the world's fastest bother as we try and do 180 miles an hour, which is going to be an interesting one on a non-fed bike. So yeah, it's uh, one of them. But uh, And thank you so much, uh, Bruce, for your time and uh, on, on air. This has been fantastic, thoroughly enjoyable and a very nice kind of wind That's down right. to my very hectic two weeks. And I'm going to Bournemouth now for, for three days with the boys and we're going to get on the beers and go for a bit of cycling and beach fun. So Mega man, enjoy that. Enjoy. It's been my absolute <laughs> pleasure, Paul. It really fantastic. has. I, I have thoroughly enjoyed talking to you, listening and hearing your story. And like I said, I, I've got loads from this, like, uh, you know, I've been in a little bit of a doldrum in this last lockdown thinking, you know, you know, you just, uh, yeah. And you've given me the kick up the arse, the boot and the balls that I need to pull my finger <laughs> yeah. out and let's get, let's hit it. Let's, let's smash get it. it, man. Let's get it. Let's get it together. Let's collaborate. Let's do things together. Let's grow. And let's absolutely just take over the internet because that's what it's 100%. about. 100%. 100%. Love it. <laughs> Folks, uh, I like I said, uh, all the links to to uh, Jody and the Thornton 100 socials, the website, the YouTube channel, every, I'll even put the TikTok on there. <laughs> Whatever that is. I'll, um, I'll put the TikTok on, on the internet. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Um, I'll put all the links down below, folks. So if you listen to the podcast, check out the show notes. If you're watching the YouTube vid, check out the description. Make sure you give them a subscribe because they're almost at 100,000 subscribers. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Jody, thank That's you very much it. for coming on, pal. Thank Folks, you so hope much, you enjoyed Bruce. this one. Keep on doing your thing. Get on out there whenever you can. Look after those that you love. But most importantly, most importantly, live your life. Woo-ha! Fantastic. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs>